Welcome to Courage Stories, a podcast series where teammates share their stories on being courageous while embracing who they are and how they are allies for others. With your hosts, Louis Martirez and Rachel Wade. So welcome back, Rachel. Thanks. I'm excited for podcast number two. I know, number two. People are still listening, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> So far, it seems to be connecting with people so and causing some really good discussion. I'm really looking forward to this kind of second conversation that we're going to have. For sure. It helps to have great guests like Ange and Rob to join us, so and many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. For this one, our next guest is going to be Rob Bennett. We invited him to this podcast because he is the executive sponsor of the LGBTA network. He is a fierce advocate of the LGBTQ plus community, and I thought it would be very important to kind of share his story, not only just as the executive sponsor, but also as an ally. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what has created that allyship within him. Also, just to give him full props is that he's been an ally for a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's women or refugees, I mean, the list kind of goes on. I'm really excited to hear him tell his story in his way and find out a little bit more about what created that allyship within him. What I love about Rob is that he's very intentional. He's very careful about what he says and how it impacts others. I think that's such an important part of allyship is around understanding the space around you and your impact that you have on others and making sure that you communicate yourself properly and you know you're connected with other people in the right way. I also think that as we continue these team member networks and the growth there we're we're seeing lots of great conversation flourish and people are learning about that more and more about that you know just because you meant something in a certain way doesn't mean it can't be taken another way Mm -hmm. and to be open to that feedback and to evolving and changing without being defensive. So I think Rob is a great example of someone who has evolved into that space and is sort of very thoughtful as you said Louis about the words that he chooses and the impact he has on other people's lives. So it's really great to see a living great example of being thoughtful in that domain. I actually think I heard about him taking over the network through other channels because <laughs> he was so excited. I think he brought it up at a team meeting once uh, that he was taking over the network, I think within <laughs> maybe like a day of him being told that this is what we wanted him to do. What has his role been so far as your executive sponsor? Maybe how long has he been your executive sponsor for those who are not so in the loop? Yeah, so we had another executive sponsor before Rob. His name was Dave Mowat. You might have heard of him, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, he's been a great sponsor for our community and was immediately all in with the Ally campaign. I think within a couple of weeks, we were already talking to him about the Ally campaign, putting out a call to action letter that we were going to do videos and podcasts. And he's just been very supportive the entire way. What I found with him and with other leaders as well is that it's really about what do you need? And Rob has just been completely all in. Well, I guess without further ado then, I'm on the edge of my seat. So really excited to hear what he has to say. So let's get to it and hear what he says. Yeah, here we go. Morning, Rob. Morning. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Really good. good. Glad to be here. Great. I'm glad that you're here as well. Um, I have been looking forward to this podcast for a while since we booked it, and I'm so excited to share your story. As we embark on this LGBTQ plus ally campaign, I thought that it would be really beneficial to showcase your story, especially one of yourself who's been such a fierce ally and advocate for our community. As people are starting to understand the 11th ATB a little bit further and what it means to be a true ally, right. I thought some of the stories that you have could could help people along that path. Yeah, I hope so. I, I certainly don't have all the answers, but um, I think every time we get the place talking, the place gets better. I think a big part of my goal is um, just a few of us need to do a better job of mm-hmm. sharing our stories and our voice and encouraging others to 
jump into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Where I want to start and where I've been starting most of these courage stories is to try to understand you personally a little bit better. Sure. So maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. I want to know all about Rob when he was being raised. Okay. <laughs> yeah. wow. Where was I raised? Yeah. <laughs> well, born in uh, Southern Ontario. Yeah. That's where most of my family is from, going back the generations. I suppose those formidable years, I spent most of my time growing up in St. Albert, so mm. just outside of Edmonton. And I had a really good childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Albert was about ten or 12,000 people at the time. Right. It was uh, a tight community, a safe community, the hockey leagues, the soccer leagues, the school environment. It was a great place for me and my sisters mm -hmm. to grow up. I'm kind of a product of the Brayside ravine. I, I pretty <laughs> much grew up in that ravine, to be honest with you, and uh, hopefully most of the forts and stuff have grown over since then, yeah. but um, <laughs> spent a lot of time just enjoying my hometown. My parents did make the decision in the late 80s to head back to what was home for them, uh, mm -hmm. so back to Ontario. And so I finished high school and went to university uh, in southern Ontario in Ottawa, did my undergrad in Ottawa. That's where I kind of stumbled into banking as mm -hmm. well. Um, started with one of the large trust companies, mm -hmm. uh, Royal Trust at the time when I was in grade 12, so I was mm -hmm. 17. That kind of carried me through university and I'm a product of a family of entrepreneurs both of my parents have always been business owners right. um, they tried to work together for about a year and they decided to run separate companies and stay married so okay. that, that worked <laughs> yeah. out well I also have four big sisters. I'm the youngest of five. We're a pretty interesting mix. Three of them are business owners. And my youngest sister is uh, a minister, actually, oh, wow. with the Anglican Church. So We launched ATB 11 back in June. Mm -hmm. Where were you? What was going on through your head? When did you first learn about the ATB? Six weeks before the launch, probably okay. six or seven weeks before the launch. Yeah. And I won't forget that moment. Mm. Um, as soon as I heard it, there's certain moments in your life where you see or hear a story or somebody makes a statement and you pause, you mm -hmm. remember where you were and you remember that it had impact. If I kind of think back over my career, that was a moment where I read something that immediately I knew was created by our people, by our mm. team members, and endorsed by our leadership team, and had some momentum behind it. And the moment that I read that statement and the story underneath ATB number 11, I knew it was going to lift the whole organization. Mm. It was very, very impactful for me. I've always said from day one, the ATBs are not something that we are doing to people. The ATBs mm. set you free. And mm -hmm. I started with myself. I found my stride as a leader and found my stride within ATB Financial. I mean, I was good uh, mm -hmm. at what I was doing, but I was able to kind of reinvent myself through the lens of the ATBs. And what it all came back to was this truth, which is we hired you. We hire people. We do a, a wonderful job of finding diverse ideas, talents, perspectives, and bringing these wonderful people into our organization mm -hmm. as teammates. And then something weird happens. What happens is this persona of who you think we want to show up shows up at work. We get this kind of mediocre version of what we were really looking for. And when I say that the ATB set you free, there's this magical moment, and you can see it in people, where they take this leap of faith, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you show up. Mm -hmm. And not that persona that you kind of made up in your head of who we think you're supposed to be. 
And by we, I mean leadership, your coworkers, your friends at work, et cetera, and your customers. And uh, when that moment comes and you actually show up, that person that we actually hired, you just see people elevate. Um, mm-hmm. So what it was for me when I say the ATB set you free was there was this moment where like you can't fake it forever. Just Rob showed up. Right. And uh, <laughs> I remember the the people close to me were kind of, there's always truth and sarcasm, but it was like there's Rob and then there was Rob 2.0 and then there was this Rob 3.0 and I <laughs> was kind of looking at them saying, no, it's just Rob. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's this thing called culture uh, mm-hmm. that kind of bleeds out of every place. And when we think about if we use that bucket of organizations that are often referred to as cult brands, there's something very special. And I think there's a fork in the road for the companies that are on the path of becoming or achieving that cult status, so to speak, if that's the goal. And that is one path is that in both cases, they create a cultural lens. It's not for everybody, but they declare this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is the line in the sand. And this is the character of the place. It's not for everybody but this is who we are. Right. Okay. There's two ways to do that. One is for leadership to kind of pen that story or that lens and declare it and infuse it into the organization. Mm-hmm. And the second path is for the community or the team to enunciate and formulate and it's harder work, right. but for the culture itself to define and enunciate what those cultural norms are. And here we are, ATB, we're a couple of years in, and yeah, we did our homework, and what went well was we defined our cultural lens, the 10 ATBs. The truth is, although there were lots of eyes on those first 10 ATBs and the syllables and the stories underneath, it was painstaking, but Mm -hmm. really they were penned and declared by Dave and the CMC and the Mm -hmm. senior management team and infused into the organization. And that's amazing. You've seen how far we've come. But now there's this opportunity and this fork in the road where ATB number 11 is special because it was not penned by the CEO or the incoming CEO or the CMC or the senior management team. It was penned by people like Calvin and your team Mm -hmm. and by the community here at ATB Financial. Mm -hmm. And it earned the endorsement of the organization, including Mm -hmm. senior management and the CEO. So when I first saw ATB number 11, more importantly, when I first heard it, it had a profound impact on me. I was grateful. I was relieved Mm. that there was a connection for me personally. So I'm going to be a bit selfish on that one. So this idea that we could be a place where we deliberately hire people, where we are patient while that persona Mm -hmm. shows up of who you think we want you to be. And then people can actually break through and be themselves to really be at their best. Mm -hmm. And they come to this realization that that's why we hired you in the first place. And now it's in writing. It's so great to have such fierce advocates and allies like yourself working here at ATB and being on that project team that uh, helped bring this ATB to life. One of the things that struck me about that whole process was how easy the conversations went with senior leadership. I was initially, I came in to those conversations prepared with every question that could be thrown at me. And the only thing that was just asked was, you know, what do you need? 
to make this come to life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, when it comes to like hierarchy, is the uh, it's like the worst way to run an organization. Like <laughs> there, there's a need for governance, there's a need for decision makers, but um, if you have a hierarchical mindset in an organization, you know you can do well, but mm-hmm. you can't really break through. When it comes to having a voice, knowing how important your voice is to this organization. I think a, a good rule of thumb, which I wish I had figured out back in my teens or my early 20s, would be um, leaders are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember my time working on the hill in Ottawa, and that was really the first time that I kind of went, oh, okay, these people work hard, but they're mm-hmm. just people. Right. They, they have uh, aspirations, they have fears, they need help, mm-hmm. and they uh, appreciate perspective. Mm-hmm. I often say when it comes to sharing your thoughts, your ideas, your perspective with the leadership team at ATB Financial, give us the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is lean in and have the conversation, mm-hmm. be passionate about what's important. And if it doesn't go well, call us out. Right. Um, because sometimes somebody's just not in their right mindset. We're yeah. people. <laughs> right. And sometimes we didn't really hear the message, mm-hmm. and um, maybe we can help you sharpen that message a little bit. I think that balance of if you work at ATB Financial and you don't believe you have a voice, mm-hmm. um, I dare you. Like yeah. I, I think you should find that courage Mm -hmm. and um, give us the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to have that debate if you don't feel that the conversation went well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the whole purpose behind this Courage Story podcast and the content that we're developing is I get this sense as I talk to team members across the organization that there are conversations that we don't have and we want to have provide a platform for people to have these conversations because there is that kind of underlying that mask that people wear. And I I call it a mask because people come in and say, oh, I've got to wear this mask today. I've got to look more straight acting or I've got to be more masculine or I've got to behave like a man if I'm going to get any that sort of thing. And what we want people to do with ATV 11 is just take off those masks and just come as you are into this organization. I want to talk about the ATV 11 because it's courageously be yourself and a true ally for each other. I know that you're a fierce ally, but I want to talk about the courageously be yourself component. Was there a time in your life where maybe you didn't feel like you belonged? Absolutely. And I don't think there's a time. I think there's times where I felt Mm. that I didn't belong. And whether it was at school or in athletics or Mm -hmm. um, different settings in the community or in my work career, there's been windows where I didn't feel like I did belong. Mm -hmm. um, And I chose to kind of fake it. Mm. Well, kind of wondering how long I had to act that way versus moving on. Um, So I think there's kind of two ways of approaching things. One is um, we tend to substitute. So if we don't like a situation that we're in, Mm -hmm. there's a kind of a fleeting reaction. So we we go and we find something else. But before we do that, in hindsight, maybe we should give people the benefit of the doubt. So if we actually uh, start behaving like ourselves, if we start behaving and and acting like we belong, Mm -hmm. you might be really surprised by the outcome. So what I just said is I've been in situations where I truly feel that I did not belong Mm -hmm. and I chose to run. 
I, I chose mm-hmm. to move on. I chose to move on to something different. Mm-hmm. And in certain cases, that was with a blunt instrument. Like I, I just mm-hmm. kind of disappeared and showed up somewhere else one day. Right. And in hindsight, I don't know if it's the right influences or the maturity or what you want to call it, um, wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Just having the courage to not only have conversations, but to give yourself and the people around you the benefit of the doubt and Mm. just be yourself. Um, It is incredible uh, what you can accomplish and what it means to truly belong. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of go searching for it as opposed to creating it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Try creating belonging. I guess that would be my advice. You definitely have an understanding of it because that answer that you gave there, I could give that even as an answer for my coming out journey as well and growing up, you know, not belonging in many different ways. And I came to the same conclusions, right? It's it's one of those things where we talk about in the video that that's going out, I talk about leaning into that discomfort when you're feeling that fear, that that moment where should I or shouldn't I just be my true self? And it's leaning into that discomfort and being truly who you are, not without fear, but despite fear. Yeah. And I'm nervous giving some perspective, but I mean, I have to. So yeah. I think um, here's Rob saying, you know, just give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> That's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And what I am leaning into is there's a past to all of these stories. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I always go to given reality, which is it's 2018. Uh, you are a team member at ATB Financial. Mm-hmm. If your safe environment is within the walls of ATB to help us find a way to bring your voice out, if, if that's your safe environment, um, mm-hmm. if that's your, your blast radius, so to yeah. speak, if nothing else, let's get it right within ATB Financial. Yeah. You are a fierce advocate and ally of the LGBTQ plus community. Would you be able to share with our listeners a bit about where that comes from? Sure. So... <laughs> So a bit about Rob, I guess. Uh, I didn't say this in the early part, but this is just perspective. Uh, There's no distance between two things. I think there's love and there's judgment. Uh, I don't think there's gray in between. And when there's there's love, a lot of good things happen. A lot of perspective is gained and everything gets better. And when we judge, and we all do it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't give people the benefit of the doubt. The slippery slope to more horrific things than judgment is very slippery. I could apply that to any part of who I am. I guess the sort of material stories for me, I'll just speak to my own friends and family. Mm -hmm. Um, There's these paradoxes in our family. My grandmother was a deacon Mm -hmm. with the Anglican Church, and she has two daughters, my mom and my Aunt Pam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pam is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a home where, whether it was Christmas dinner or birthday parties or just dropping by for Sunday dinner, Mm -hmm. Pam had a couple of very good, loving, long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. So since a very early age, it was always just, Aunt Pam (laughs) and her friends, they were lovely. And I kind of had that moment as I was growing up, I was probably 14 or 15, where I had this light bulb turn on moment where I, somebody said to me that Pam was different. And I was like, (laughs) there was a naivety to, to that story. And you grow up with somebody who is your aunt and really just a lovely part of your family. And then you learn. Pam was a member of our military, Mm -hmm. and um, her partners were, in many cases, members of our military as well. Mm. 
the kind of snowball which led to her discharge and the fact that she worked hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she went through everything that any member of our military would. Mm. Our country invested in her, mm-hmm. and they certainly, we are not taking care of her in terms of pensions, etc. I mean, mm-hmm. things did change, but not in time for people like Pam. No, right? this so, was at a time when they could be discharged for being gay. Right. Wow. Pam doesn't talk. <laughs> But when you listen to the stories from her friends and partners about how they, how how she was treated, and you think back to the 1970s and the Mm -hmm. 1980s and what she lived through, it changes you. As I said, it went from a little boy with an Aunt Pam to a grown man who's frustrated that somebody that close to me was treated so badly Mm -hmm. for no reason at all. Right. The impact on her mental health drug use, I could go on, Mm -hmm. all stems back to she couldn't be herself without getting in trouble, right? Right. So we have to take stories like that and, you know, under our watch, just it it can't happen again. I'll go on. My (laughs) my youngest sister is very hardworking. She's she's a minister. She runs a church in the core of Mm -hmm. Niagara Falls. It's a tough community and she chose that community on purpose and she does wonderful work. She has three children, her oldest, Danny. Mm -hmm. Danny's gay. And that's always been true. Like we (laughs) we kind of figured it out by the time Danny was about three. Um, And that journey for our family and for uh, my sister Mm. to be who she is and Mm -hmm. lead her role uh, in, in the community and accept and have a voice and stand behind her son um, Mm -hmm. was uh, a wonderful example of what is right Mm -hmm. and where the boundaries are in terms of how people are treated and respected. Because there's, I mean, I won't get started, but the number of stories of Mm -hmm. parents who can't accept the stories of their children, and yet here we have somebody who's... Mm -hmm not only been brought up in a religious environment, but is a leader within that community who embraced the story of my nephew. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, under our watch, that's one that I can stand behind and and be pretty darn proud of. It's a perfect example of, for goodness sakes, if Danny had not found the right group of friends at the right moment, I think we would have lost him. I Mm -hmm. I really do. I think the outright fear embarrassment, Mm -hmm. uh, which is his words, not mine, the idea that he would embarrass his mom, Mm -hmm. um, we would have lost him. And he found the right people who they kind of gave him back to us. Mm -hmm. Like coming out of high school, here's a typical story, brilliant kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm envious, the guy's so smart. (laughs) Um, But he didn't finish high school. He he couldn't. He just couldn't do it. He has a university degree today. He's Mm -hmm. um, very well educated. He's leading a great life in uh, Toronto in the downtown core. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great. Uh, It wasn't easy. No. It wasn't easy. The other example for me personally is, um, and and I'm not going to talk about the person. I Mm -hmm. I think I'll talk about, I'm going to take a different approach. So someone very close to my wife, Debbie, and I is our nephew. He's transgender. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a local high school student. It's a very, very courageous story. Mm -hmm. Um, No question about it. And I think where I'm going to go with this one is the importance when we say be an ally, we're not talking about some cheerleading exercise, no offense, waving the flag 
like we're talking right. about leadership mm-hmm. and we're talking about great communication and great perspective. And I think this story is that what really, really stands out for me is the role of parents and the resources mm-hmm. that are available for parents and the community that's available to support family members through these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that families come through the journey of understanding is critical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely critical. That first reaction that, you know, your little girl identifies as a little boy, mm-hmm. in many cases, from my experience, there's this immediate reaction of fear or I've done something wrong as a mm-hmm. parent. You know, I've, right. I've exposed them to something and there's some psychological issue that I've mm-hmm. catalyzed right. as a parent. So now I'm a bad parent, right? right? It's ridiculous. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> take a deep breath, okay? So, the, <laughs> And I never could have enunciated it that way a couple of years ago. I don't mind saying, I, mm-hmm. I thought I had it right. I used words like tolerance, mm-hmm. but right. I, I meant love, but I, didn't, I wasn't saying it right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and by being a part, not of the whole journey, but of this journey, I've learned an awful lot about myself and what Mm. it means to be a true ally. So if there's something that I can help catalyze as a ally and as the executive sponsor for the LGBTQ community here at ATB, it's the role that allies play Mm -hmm. and the journey that we need to come through in Mm -hmm. order to help lead what needs to be true for this community. The community has come so far, Mm -hmm. but imagine if they had the shoulders of everybody Mm -hmm. else behind them. And if we could all break through this mediocrity of they're different, so we'll tolerate, well, let's go a little bit further. Let's actually talk about what it means. And let's talk about not what we say, but what we do Mm -hmm. that demonstrate that we are and can be allies for the community. So I think there's something that we can do early days at ATB to talk about how we support parents, Mm -hmm. um, where the safe channels are, where Mm -hmm. where the voices are, where the experience is. And that's good for parents. It's uh, great for their children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And remember, as your your role as a parent or a leader in the community, if one of your children is talking to you about how they identify, there's another child normally involved. So is there a little brother or a little sister who needs help understanding? And when all the attention flows to one child, how do you find the balance? And just as you kind of spiral or dig into these stories, kind of comes back to how we run the organization. We're story creators and storytellers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think people underestimate how many resources, how many real stories, Mm -hmm. how many perspectives are available. Right. And they're they're right here. They're right here. So I I think there's a lot that can be done starting with ourselves Mm. within ATB to get past the kind of splashy ad, Mm -hmm. which is ATB number 11, and dig into who are we and what do we stand for. Could we go back to the beginning and talk about the fact that it's not what we say, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. And the bar is high. Yeah. This ties in so well to the previous podcast that we did with Ange and her coming out story, because her coming out story was very difficult, and her the relationships that she has with her mom is, is okay, but it's not as where it should be. But there's also creating that space before. Ange talked about how little comments that her 
mom would make stopped her from coming out until very later later on in life. Is there any advice that you give to parents about creating that space so that their kids or whoever they interact with can just be who they are? I'm going to set it up by saying a couple of things. Number one, I'm not starting the conversation. This mm-hmm. is an important conversation that exists. And mm-hmm. number two, I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little bit and I'm going to wade into the conversation. Sure. I'm going to talk about two things. Mm-hmm. I could go on, but I'm going to try talking about two things. Number one is why did you become a parent? What is your goal mm-hmm for your kids. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting question. Why do you have a goal for your kids? Mm -hmm. So what you've done is you've created people. Right. (laughs) And there's something beyond codependency, which would be, I want my kids to be happy, Mm -hmm. period, dead stop. Mm -hmm. So now if you just pause and think, I want my kids to be happy, where are the boundaries? Does that mean that they need to follow the schedule, go Mm -hmm. to school, show up on time, do their homework, go to post-secondary and pay the piper and buy the house with the picket fence, get a good job and get married and Mm -hmm. start over again. Um, Maybe not. Maybe that's not happiness. Maybe that's a bit fabricated Mm -hmm. um, in many people's minds. And if that's what you expect of your kids, the likelihood that it's going to be a bit of a challenge is, Mm -hmm. is I think, pretty high. So Mm -hmm. I've really learned to stop the sentence that I want my kids to be happy. Mm -hmm. I will do things to share perspective. I Mm -hmm. will show them who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell them when I'm up and I'll tell them when I'm down and why. And that's not easy as Mm -hmm. a parent. So I will definitely tell them when things aren't going well so they know Mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah, You know, uh, they know when, for whatever reason, dad's a little bit off and and when dad's doing okay. That's life. Mm -hmm. And uh, what they do with that, that's completely up to them. They're people. Mm -hmm. So number one, I think, is can you actually shorten the sentence and allow yourself to elevate and accept that if you could get one thing right, you want your children to be happy, uh, you will support them, and they will define what happiness means Mm -hmm. uh, for themselves. Right. And I think number two is, uh, I I mentioned it earlier, but if you've created space, I think a big part of that would mean it's not about you. Mm. Like this is one moment in parenting, I think all moments in parenting, It is not about you. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is if it's about you, here are some acid tests. You're worried about what grandma's going to think. You're worried about what your friends and neighbors will say. You're worried about Mm. what somebody at work is going to think of you because you have a son that's gay, Mm -hmm. right? And those are legitimate concerns. But if that's what's driving you and you're going to put that on your child, You can't create space. So Mm -hmm. one thing for sure is if your intent is to create space, you have to dig deep and be super, super sensitive to ensure that what you're saying and how you're behaving is not about you. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to ask for help, even Mm -hmm. with the child that you're working through this with, to say, I'm going to skin my knees. (laughs) And and when I say the wrong thing or behave the wrong way, I'm human. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure this out together. And we're going to learn. Normally, the kid has done their homework. They've found safe channels. They've figured out. They've practiced. (laughs) And they've had time to find their courage. Um, And maybe mom and dad aren't quite there yet. Okay, you are not a bad parent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And I think we can learn from 
opening our eyes. I mean, even within our community in Alberta, mm. um, but look around the world, whether it's culture or communities, lots of different people in our own community embrace these stories differently. I love what you said there around, it's not about you. It's that whole notion of giving into fear in a lot of ways. Like there's this fear, the shame that comes along with it and giving into it that I'm afraid what grandma's going to say, or I'm afraid what my coworkers are going to say if they know right? And what we want people to do, I guess, with ATP 11 is to really lean into that uncomfortability and work, go through it. It's kind of what we were talking about before, work your way through that and, and get to a better place. It's going to sound a little cliche, but yeah. um, when I say it's not about you, I think the first lesson and one of the most important lessons that a good leader learns when they become a great leader and a, a good parent learns when they become a really good parent Yeah is they listen and accept and share the fact that they don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. For a parent, in this case, to not have the answer right. when their child's trying to have a conversation about who they are and how they love and what happiness means yeah. to them, you don't have to have all the answers in that moment. Right. How do you deal with grandma? How do you deal with mm -hmm. um, the people in the community? How do I tell my coworkers? You don't need all the answers in that moment. Because mm -hmm. I remember even coming out myself, I had already processed it before I even came out to my friends and my family. I had already done my research. I had already snuck out and gone to like a gay youth group and started talking with people and, and those sorts of things. And likely it's the that child or the team member that has the answers that you're kind of looking for. And we just want people to just have the conversation. Right. Yeah. Easier said than done. It is. Yeah. It 100% <laughs> is. Yeah. So I kind of mentioned before the 11th ATB is made up of two different parts, courageously be yourself and courageously be a true ally. Speaking to that team member that maybe is having issues courageously being who they are, particularly from like an LGBTQ plus standpoint, what would you say to them? I hope team members, the people I work with, would give themselves the space and the time to understand what happiness means to them. Mm. We chase everyone else's aspirations as opposed mm. to admitting to ourselves who we want to be and, mm -hmm. and when we're truly happy and when we're at our best. That can be done in isolation and silence and just giving yourself the time and space to think and maybe write it down. Some people need more help and there's mm -hmm. lots of help available. Yeah. If you're consumed with what everyone else thinks happiness is, if you're consumed with what uh, everyone else will think of you, that's probably a trigger that says, can you actually enunciate for yourself mm -hmm. what happiness is for you? Not what right. you were told growing up, yeah. uh, not what you see in the next television commercial or YouTube ad, but who are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's step one. Mm -hmm. I, uh, maybe not step one, but it's an important step. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part two is give people the benefit of the doubt. Worst case scenario, the conversation's not going to go well. Right. And if it doesn't go well, call it out. Yeah. We spend way too much time worrying about what people are going to think and what they're going to do, mm -hmm. as opposed to giving them the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. and just being yourself mm -hmm. and uh, giving people space to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a member of the LGBTQ community and you're communicating with team members in your place of business who are not familiar or have, mm -hmm. they may think they've never worked mm -hmm. with anyone that's gay, but... Right. Now they realize that they are. Yeah. Talk to them about the journey, like be, yeah. be a part of their journey and give them some space to learn. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can 
kind of figure it out together. Absolutely agree with that. And, you know, when I think about coming out journeys, there's, there's probably people within ATB right now that are in various stages of that, where they're questioning and they're unsure, or maybe their home situation isn't as secure, right? Uh, they don't feel necessarily as safe. The second part of the ATB is around being a true ally for others. And as people are listening to this and trying to figure out how they live ATB 11, what would you say to someone who is aspiring to be a true ally? Number one would be make a promise to yourself that you will become a true ally. Mm. Make a promise to yourself that you've acknowledged that you've got a certain baseline right now. It's yours. Right. You're at a certain place that you will aspire to become a true ally for the good of just who we are as people for the good of our organization and for the greater good of all Albertans. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's your boundary, then, then just start there. Number two is find some courage. One of the most common conversations I have with people who have come to me saying, Rob, I, I want to be an ally. Mm -hmm. I really do. I don't know what to do. Right. I'm afraid to mm -hmm. attend an event. Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I need to identify as being straight right? or do yeah. I need to wear like a little badge that says I'm, I'm just an ally <laughs> or this. does anyone actually care? Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm afraid to show up at the gay pride parade mm -hmm. because of what people might think. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that people from the LGBTQ community are going to think that I'm there for my personal gain. Right. They think that I'm there just because I was told to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't want to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to attend some events or places or be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. Give yourself the space to just find your feet. Right. Okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And number two is ask questions. There will be moments where you're going to ask a question and you're going to get a pretty sharp response because mm -hmm. many members of the LGBTQ community, they've been attacked enough times in their mm -hmm. life that sometimes they're going to be asked a question. And right. sometimes when you're asked a question, you think it's negative, Right. but you're just being asked a question. And yeah. when you're kind of, when you've been sort of punched in the gut enough times and then somebody sincere comes along and asks a question, mm -hmm. it might not go well. Right. <laughs> so if you're that person who's made the commitment to be a true ally, again, give people the benefit of the yeah. doubt. And if asking that first question doesn't go well, start over and mm -hmm. just say, I, I need you to know this is coming from a good place. Yeah. And I truly, genuinely just, I, I'd like to understand. I'm looking for a perspective. I'm mm -hmm. looking for help. Right. Bring it back you know, don't run away from the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I just, my point is that from my friends and family and coworkers that are a member of the community, sincere questions, silly questions, questions of sheer ignorance coming from a good place mm -hmm. are okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when the question is originally asked, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily understand or quickly identify that it's coming from a good mm -hmm. place. So just if we could give each other a little bit of room, find uh, the courage to have the conversations, mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really important step for all of us. Yeah, I would agree. And coming from the LGBTQ community, I would say this, everybody is invited to Pride. If people have fear around that, I get that because I've heard that so many times. We don't even think about that. We're just thinking about having a great time and celebrating to be who we are and to love who we want to love. That's what we're really focused on. If you're there to celebrate it, all the power to you, definitely come out. As part of the this ATB, we want to create a place where we all belong. What does that look and feel like to you? And what do you think we'll be able to accomplish? 
I think the success of ATB as we enter the next 80 years, Mm -hmm. it'll be a product of a lot of great things, a lot of leadership and culture and dealing with the forces that are in front of us from so many different angles and kind of figuring out the future of the place. But what success will look like when you peel the onion back and you bring it back to one catalyst, one route, it will be perspective. How Mm. do we bring different ideas, different beliefs, different perspective Mm. to the table? And, And why perspective? Because you can't be creative unilaterally. You can't stand in the corner and be creative. You become Mm. creative when you believe that what I believe to be true today will change. Mm -hmm. And the way that the way that what I believe will change is because I open myself up to hearing and actually absorbing different Mm -hmm. perspective. And when you bring different perspectives to the table, what we believe to be true changes. We Mm. become more creative. That's the root of innovation. So when we talk about those 94 words and what ATB is all about and who we will be in the future, Mm -hmm. we will not get there without perspective. And that is not a catchphrase. It's about courage. It, Mm -hmm. It goes back to the leaders in this organization that get the place talking. Some of them will have the title executive vice president and mm-hmm. some of them will have the title customer service representative, right. but they are leaders mm-hmm. and they will get the place talking and they will force us to bring out the perspectives that create that true innovation that will lead ATB into the future. So to me, this is kind of the root. It's not about accepting the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing true perspective to how we run our organization. Mm -hmm. and how we serve the greater good of Albertans. Mm -hmm. There's more to come, but we need to get that right Right. as quickly as possible. So there's a 50-50 shared responsibility. It's that understanding and trust that we hired you. Mm -hmm. We need your voice. Mm -hmm. So if you believe that you don't have a voice at ATB Financial, it's going to be challenging. It's actually Mm -hmm. why we hired you. Right. (laughs) It's a big part of why we hired you. the people who lead our organization with or without that formal title, that level of leadership that understands and craves perspective and Mm. actually does something with the information. Mm -hmm. That to me is what a lot of this story is about. It's being inclusive because if you look around at the table, it happens here at ATV is does the room look the same or just the same perspectives? Is it just an echo chamber, right? Or are you uh, expanding out beyond that? Because that's where true innovation and Absolutely. Yeah. Creativity happens. Yep. 100%. Yeah. That's great. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with our listeners about the Ally campaign, about ATB 11 that we haven't covered? I think we've covered it, but what I didn't get to say is thank you to the organization for trusting me. Yeah. (laughs) But more importantly, as the executive sponsor, giving me the opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I will promise is uh, I will grow. Right. And number two, I will give back as much as I possibly can. And in my imaginary mind, envisioning this place where I'm kind of this invisible umbrella Mm. um, that you rarely, rarely hear, (laughs) (laughs) but through my actions, the community really achieves everything that we're talking about. So this is not the Rob Bennett show. This is Mm -hmm. uh, about making sure that this voice is heard, that our people across the organization through their stories start to define what do we mean by Mm -hmm. being a true ally? What Mm -hmm. what do we say? But more importantly, how do we act? And tying in the why, so like, why are we doing this? And Mm -hmm. why is it so important? So that would kind of be my wrap up is uh, thanks so much to the the members of your team. Mm -hmm. 
and in our community here at ATB for trusting me. Mm-hmm. I will say, as I often do, I I don't got this yet. So <laughs> what uh, what I will do is continually grow, skin my knees here and there, but work to not get this right, but make it great. And I'm uh, nervous. Yeah. It's an important role, but I'm all in. I want to thank you again for being our executive sponsor for the work that you do and being a fierce ally. And thank you for for joining us today. Well, thank you for your leadership. Thank you. There's love and there's judgment. What a powerful quote and statement. And I've never quite heard it put that way before. I thought it was so insightful. And uh, I've never heard the words in that way before, but it just resonated me that it was just so true. When I think about the interviews that I've done, and also even my personal lived experience, it it is a very, very fine line. And it's really just two sides of the same coin, right? If you embrace that fear, you go off one way and start getting worried about things. But if you just embrace love, then that other person can just flourish and just be happy. Judgment often comes from a place of fear as well, Mm -hmm. or misunderstanding. So yeah, I just thought that was a really great reminder of a binary look at how we can treat people either with love or with judgment or helping people or not helping people. Mm-hmm. Are there times in your life, Louis, where it's been pretty stark, the difference when you reflect on when you experience love or judgment? You know, I would just go back to even just my own coming out story. People don't know this about me, but when I was younger, uh, I actually was sent off. My mom thought I needed religion, so I, I got sent off to like a church and, and that sort of thing and had to do Sunday school and, and go through all of that. It never, never really kind of connected with me in that way, but uh, it did give me a sense of like community and, you know, something to do every week, that sort of thing. And part of that journey was working at a summer camp. I had kind of two experiences when I was working at that summer camp, and I decided to come out to a couple of the people at the summer camp. And I would say, you know, there were people that I talked to that were very much allies and accepted me with open arms, really had some really great discussions. They helped me work through a lot of things that I was kind of thinking about in my mind. I had all these thoughts in my head and I just couldn't express them to to somebody and I just needed to talk it out. And those friends that I had then really just let me be who I was and gave me that space so that I could kind of process everything that was going in my mind. At the same time, what was also going on as well was that the leadership of this camp had gotten wind of it at one point. And I had applied back to be a counselor the, the following year. And once they found out, they decided, we don't actually want you to be a counselor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so that was painful. I fought for my place. I eventually got another position at the camp, still working with kids, but I was still removed from one position to another because of perception. And so there's this two sides of it where my friends accepted me and gave me that space, but then the leadership of this camp were thinking about what would parents think. Think about what those other kids who may be in the same boat as you now feel through that judgment of you being removed, right? Because that judgment can leak out onto others and spill out onto others as well that are going through that similar experience. So Mm -hmm. that's I'm really poignant to hear that you had to go through that. For me, it was always something that I knew I'd face discrimination going through, and so something that I was prepared for. But I think it was definitely a tough thing to go through. What made it still an okay experience for me was making sure that I had those allies, those friends around me. They made it so much better for me. For sure. We still had an incredible summer. Yeah, and I think that speaks also to the power of allyship, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think people don't always realize the power they hold in delivering that love and allyship can make or break that world for somebody in that moment. Going back to HB11, like, just choose that bravery 
bravery and mm-hmm. show up for someone and be courageously yourself and show up for others too because it can make a huge difference as to whether you know your summer is broken um, and you get to discover yourself mm-hmm. and learn more about yourself or it's crushing and you kind of squirrel back into a cave right yeah but. that's exactly it and so I think it also brings up another comment that Rob mentioned it's easier said than done to be able to courageously be yourself you've also got to give yourself kind of that opportunity you know to get that courage you almost have to dare it to make it happen you know you got to take that first leap and give yourself the benefit of the doubt and give others the benefit of the doubt people are going to make mistakes as they crawl along this journey i've made mistakes and i've thought back on certain things i've maybe said or done and right. and i cringe now <laughs> right but you learn as you go right especially if, if you're intentionally trying to li- live with empathy and create belonging you just have to be easy on yourself but also that means when you think about some of the slip-ups you may have had or the learnings that you've had and you've grown since then, that other people may be at a different stage of learning. So mm-hmm. you need to give people that benefit of the doubt. And I loved how he talked about leaders are people too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something to think about is if your leader says or does something, you need to call them out on it. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty stern on that. Call your leaders out on it, you know, in a respectful and in kind way, I would say. But make sure that people know if, if they've done something that is offensive or unacceptable and use that as an opportunity to teach. Mm-hmm. And give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to take in that conversation and you're not walking into war and it's going to be productive. And that doesn't mean that 100% of the time you're going to be right. But if you don't give the benefit of the the doubt to start with, you'll never get going in the first place. So I thought that was really powerful advice as well. I don't believe that the vast majority of people are intentionally homophobic or racist or misogynist or anything like that. I think it's just a lack of education sometimes and awareness. And to call it out is, is so important because it's a learning moment. Well, it brings me back to, I was just going to say a quote I came across a couple days ago by Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. um, where she says, daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about hard things. Mm. And I would say at ETB, we have a lot of daring leaders. I Mm -hmm. think that we innovate and we push forward and we want to do better all the time. And I think most leaders here want to do better as leaders too, in how they lead the people and inspire those around them. It just goes straight back into that giving the benefit of the doubt and assume that your leaders are going to want to live by their values and that they will have that difficult conversation with you. Yes, yes, absolutely. And sometimes it's just having the conversation and they need you as that person that's feeling marginalized, uh, maybe just step out, as Brene Brown would say, into the wilderness and put yourself out there and have that conversation. Something else that Rob said in throughout the podcast that I thought was interesting is he talked about how allyship and ATB 11 and the work that we're doing in this space is part of creating a cult brand and defining who we are. That really piqued my interest because I was in uh, quarterly with a number of other team members where Carol Schmeigel was there and she was asked in the Q&A, what is our Kaepernick moment? Mm. So speaking about that Nike ad that went out recently that has people either buying 10 pairs of Nikes or burning their Nikes right? and standing by a greater meaning and a greater purpose and uh, using Kaepernick to make that point of what their brand is all about. She thought about it for a couple seconds before she realized that we have those moments all the time here at ETB. You know, there'll be times where Dave, when he was here, and now Curtis as our leader, will receive emails from the public saying, I don't appreciate this same-sex marketing that you have in the branch. Mm -hmm. And if you don't change that or take it down, I'm thinking about taking all of my banking elsewhere. One that's, I mean, it's pretty powerful to hear that people will go to that extent 
coming from someone who is an ally and then probably two for you, Louis, I would imagine, mm-hmm. as someone who belongs to that community. Our take on it normally is, I mean, we'll certainly have an empathetic and kind conversation with this person about their concerns. But at the end of the day, if that is really going to be the make or break for them, we're not stepping away from our leadership in this area and our support for this community. Mm-hmm. So we will kindly let them know that perhaps this is not the place for you then. This mm-hmm. may not be the bank for you. That is a really powerful message to put out there and really stand by that stake in the ground that this isn't sort of a message that we put out there just to create a kumbaya moment. Mm-hmm. It is something that we really live by and are, are willing to stand by. I just found that really interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts around that, Louis? It, it just reminded me so much around the conversations and what we did around ATB 11. This is about standing up for something, even if it means sacrificing everything, I think is the, the catchphrase that they're, they're utilizing with him. I see those moments all the time as we record these Courage Story podcasts as, you know, we had the teaser videos that went out with ATB 11. There's an incredible sense of vulnerability that goes along with everybody that kind of shared their story or had themselves recorded or either in a podcast or a video, put themselves out there and to tell their story. I could see those Kaepernick moments in all these recordings and all the interviews that we're doing already. There's also a really great point there around our stance on this. It's really a stance out of love. There's no gray between love and judgment. And so we're, we're, you know, we're being faced with these people that maybe have judgments about same-sex relationships and coming to us. And what we're doing is we're kind of responding with love. It leads right into what Rob said, that if you've created space for Mm -hmm. others, it's not about you, right? So that might mean that we could lose a customer here and there. And again, always doing that respectfully and willing to have that educated kind of conversation with that customer and empathetic and find out where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, if we're truly wanting to create space, sometimes it's not about us, right? It's Mm -hmm. about that higher purpose. And you have to sometimes stop worrying about what others are going to think about what you're doing. And that's Mm -hmm. not just on an ATB level, that's on a personal level too. And that Mm -hmm. you need to dig deep. And what you're saying is not about you and it's about others around you and and creating that space. So that's it. And also what what you're going to hold yourself to, right? There's, are you going to have values that you're going to stick to. And I think we do as ATBers, we have the 11 ATBs and the story that we believe in fiercely, right? Do we believe in that and think that this is kind of the, what we're going to be guided by? Are we going to be guided by what's popular, what may change? I think it's really important that we have these values. That's something that we can hold on to. Yeah. And that are freeing, right? To Rob's point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he quite blank stated the ATBs will set you free. And I think in a lot of ways, that's important to zero in on because it's really about being accepted and appreciate it for who you are. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely moments, even, um, you know, in my almost 10 years at ATB, where I've felt accepted despite who I am, not mm. because of who I am. Right. And as we've kind of grown and evolved, I've also felt more and more appreciated and accepted because of who I am, not despite who I am. Right. So, and that is a distinct difference. And when that switch happens and you all of a sudden feel accepted because of who you are, not in spite of part of who you are, then it's a really freeing moment to feel like you can show up every day and you can have an opinion and you can put your hand up. And I, I'm sure that not everybody in ATB necessarily feels that way, but I hope that as we move through this journey and with ATB 11, that everybody gets there because it's a great way to spend your day when you're spending eight hours of your day at your at your job to feel totally accepted for who you are and to be able to step into that space and own it confidently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to what Rob was saying around, you know, this is, you know, having that diversity of perspectives is creates innovation, right? We can tackle the the large problems that we're facing as an organization if we allow for these diverse perspectives to exist, 
right? I think when people come into this organization and they, they feel like they need to fit into a certain mold, that muzzles kind of that perspective. And what we really need people to do is just to kind of free themselves and also as true allies, make sure that we're including those perspectives around the table. You know, each of us can share our own lived experiences and truly express who we are. And that's what we come up with out of the box, wild and crazy ideas that we move forward with. And that doesn't happen unless everyone feels free to be able to express who they are. And it brings me back to the expression that probably many of us have heard over the years, which is if you're having a bad day, try creating happiness for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And suddenly your day will start turning around. That was a bit of a light bulb moment when Rob mentioned try creating belonging versus searching and finding it. So if you're not feeling that sense of belonging, perhaps a way to go about it is to just start being that beacon that starts creating belonging for others. And eventually you'll sort of find your people and you'll have a space where you feel like you belong because you've created belonging for other people. Because ownership over belonging doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to you. And it's not a finite resource where you're mining for it and you're finding it and then you own it. It's something that you can give away freely and you can create at any time. Yeah, I, I love the quote that he had there, which, which was around, uh, if you don't believe that you have a voice, I dare you find that courage. Totally. I thought that was really quite powerful. Yeah. Because it's true. And I, I think I've noticed this as well. You know, we had my video go out again. We're sharing on just podcast as well. By being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, I was very nervous, actually. I'll be very honest. Like the night before we actually sent out the video, it all of a sudden I had this realization that, wow, I'm telling a very personal story about myself to... 5,300 team members. And I'm like, should I should I just continue to do this? I was like, well, I've already agreed to it. So let's just go ahead and do it. <laughs> Nothing but love. The space that it also creates for others. So I had a couple of people share their stories with me that they didn't feel alone. It's incredible when you kind of lean into that vulnerability and kind of, you know, stick your head out just a little bit uh, that it just encourages others to participate in the conversation as well. Yeah, for sure. I think even Andre and I kind of talked about it at one point where don't make assumptions. You want to make sure that you're being as, as inclusive as possible because you don't know if there's going to be like a gay person or somebody struggling with their gender identity in the room. It's so important to get that, that consistency correct because if you act a different way when nobody's looking, it's going to bleed into other things, right? And so we've got to work, really work on that consistency and make sure that we're truly practicing allyship, not when you know, suits the situation that we're, that we're practicing and living it all the time. Yeah, not when you're just being evaluated, yeah. obviously yeah. evaluated. And that's the definition of integrity, yeah. right? Is doing what's right even when nobody's there to watch and, right. and evaluate whether you're doing right or wrong. Yeah. I've certainly had team members in my office throughout my time at ATB in full out tears mm -hmm. because someone in a round table kind of water cooler chat was talking very poorly about uh, the LGBTQ community or something that happened on their weekend, mm -hmm. not realizing that the person standing next to them is part of the LGBTQ community. And there were maybe even other people standing there that did know that person mm -hmm. was, but still nobody said anything. No one stopped that person. And it was heartbreaking yeah. to have this person in my office bawling their eyes out because they couldn't believe that one, this person would say something like that so openly, but two, that there were other people standing around who knew that he was part of the LGBTQ community and said nothing. Yeah. So saying nothing can be really damaging, but also let's just have a culture where those things aren't said in the first place. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm going to go back to kind of what Rob said is that the consequences when that happens, when we don't create that space, the impact that that has. So you may think that it's a, a joke, but it's it's certainly not a joke for others, and it could cause really serious damage to somebody. Which is a really important link to what ATB's greater good pillars are mm -hmm. now, right? One of those being mental health and 
we know that mental health, positive mental health is directly linked to a sense of belonging. Mm. So if you are not creating belonging, you are essentially working against ATB's greater good pillars, which is to promote great mental health in Alberta and for Albertans, which includes our team members, it includes our customers, it includes those that are not our customers. Right. So let's all work towards lifting that mental health pillar up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I love the that word is around lifting each other up, right? That's what we really want with the ATB 11 is for, for all of us to, to lean in, listen and learn and to, to lift each other up. Well said, Louis. And I think on that note, I don't have much more to say, but I think it was a really great interview. So thanks for taking that on, Louis. And thank you, Rob, for being open and gracious uh, with your stories and your time. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more information on Courage Stories, or if you'd like to share a story that you have, please contact Louis Martirez, L-M-A-R-T-Y-R-E-S, at atb.com, or Rachel Wade, R-W-A-D-E, at atb.com. You can also join and post your comments in the ATB number 11 G Plus community.